Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Are you ready? Are you sure now? All right, all right, here we go. You're going to have to deal with people, part two. (laughs) Funny how it comes under, you're going to have to take the attack to them too. Amen. I'll amen that part. I know you're scared. I know everyone's politically correct. You know, I know that in some ways or another, in some ways I'm preaching to the choir, in some ways I'm not. A lot of us, we've come out of situations and come out of churches and come out of work environments, come out of whatever it may be, and we've been taught whether it was consciously or subconsciously, overtly or covertly, we've been taught to be politically correct. Don't say that. Don't do that. Well, there's times to not say things, but it never, never applies to the word of God and never applies to standing in the truth. Amen. Amen. You're going to have to deal with people and you're going to have to love them correctly. Let's look at it. James chapter two, verses 15 through 17. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but there's nothing about his physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead, right? Amen. But here's the thing with this. Now, I'm going a different direction. You probably thought I was going to preach on that. I'm not. That's not the problem in the church. Can it be a problem? Has it been a problem? Is it a problem in specific circumstances? Yeah. But I've been in the Pentecostal church, really, whether it's Assembly of God or Church of God or non-denominational like this church, since 1987, I've never seen that be a problem. Not in the American church. I've never seen it where Christians were unwilling to give. Now, I'm not, they're unwilling to give their money now. Only somewhere between 20 and 30% of the church tithes. The average giving in the United States is $12 a week in the evangelical Pentecostal church. So lots of people are unwilling to give their money, but I've never seen Christians who weren't willing to buy somebody a meal. In this church, we have perpetually, and I've seen not only as a church, but as individuals, hand out their money to people. Hand out their time to people. Go buy them food. How many of you have bought people food? How many of you have bought people food at restaurants? If I should, raise your hand. Go ahead, raise them. Everybody in this room has. So is this our problem? Do, you, do we go up to people and say, go, I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed and you do nothing about their physical needs? Is that the problem? If, if that is your problem, then great. And that's what the Bible's all about because there are people like that. But it hasn't been what I've seen in the American church. Now, I've never been to the church in Ireland or India But in the American church, which is where I pastor, I have not seen this be a problem. But man, does it get preached. It gets preached to people who aren't struggling with it. Therefore, you get to avoid preaching to what people are truly struggling with. And therefore, you get to feel comfortable in your sedated church. All you got to do if you want to be safe as a pastor is preach to the non-struggle. Don't preach to what bothers people. 
preach to what they're already solid in. They're like, oh man, this is the greatest church ever. I'm solid in everything. Pastors avoid it because, or they actually, they preach this because it espouses virtue to themselves. Look at us. We don't do this. And they never address the true problem. In none of the seven churches, all of you, listen, you have got to get into Revelation chapter two and three. You've got to get into that. You've got to look at those seven churches. Only two out of the seven were solid. Two out of seven. It's like the parable of the sower. Only one out of the four is solid. And everyone waltzes around thinking that the church is solid. Only two out of seven churches were solid in Revelation chapter two and three, and that's Smyrna and Philadelphia. The rest of them weren't. So what was their problem? It certainly wasn't. I'm telling you right now, if you look at James chapter two, 15 through 17, it's never mentioned as a problem inside these churches. It's, this is put out as a rule for all of us, but I think we've got it down. I really do. I think we've got it down. So by the time that these churches have arrived, I think they've got James 2. It doesn't mean that every day we don't need to concentrate on this. It just means it's not the struggle inside of the American church. So what, is the, what, what, what do these churches, what do they struggle with? Well, I got it for you. We're in Revelation chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. This is the church at Pergamos, and it's called, it's titled, The Compromising Church. What do they struggle with? But I have a few things against you, Jesus says, because you have there those who have taught the doctrine of Balaam. What is the doctrine of Balaam? Who taught, who taught Balak, the king of Moab, to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel. That sounds familiar. To eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. Thus, all, thus you also have those who hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which is vast, vast sexual immorality. Which thing I hate. Do you notice? Now that's what he has against them. Does he say that you lack love? He holds that against them, that in their midst... There was compromise and sexual sin, and nobody was saying a word about it. They were talking about, instead, they preached James 2, 15 through 17. They've already got that down pat. But they're not talking about the guy who's living with his girlfriend in the midst of your church. who's going to die and go straight to hell, but you're telling them, don't worry about that. Somebody sent me a message this week about their old pastor, and I'm telling you guys, watch out for these guys. If you switch churches here because you know your church was closed, you should never go back. It doesn't matter how sweet they are or that's where my heritage is. That's where my grandma went. That's where my mom went. Don't go back. And I'm not trying to recruit you. God will fill this church regardless. I want you. I don't need you. But don't go back. I'm telling you this because they'll cave for the next thing. They already weren't preaching the word before that. They were preaching what was comfortable. That's why they had no idea how to respond to the government telling them to close. They had no idea how to respond to a virus with a 99.9% post-infection survival rate. They had no idea. They didn't have the word installed on the inside of them, so they had no idea how to respond. Don't go back because they haven't gotten into the Bible now. They haven't. So they're not saying here in, at the church of Pergamos, the compromising church, 
Jesus is not telling them that you're struggling with loving people. He says you're struggling with sin and compromise. Thyra, Tyra, the corrupt church, starting in Revelation chapter 2, 19 through 23. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. So do you preach then about love and patience and works? That's what most people do. That's not what their struggle is. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality. Man, there's a common theme. But what does Pastor Tom always say? What causes most people to leave this church? Offense or relationships? Oh, I didn't like the way Hope spoke to me this morning. I'm gone. I just got saved, you know, and there comes, she's just too hot to resist. I'm going to burn in hell for all of eternity, but man, she's worth it. Nobody preaches about it. You know what? Just, yeah, this is what that pastor said to this woman I forgot to tell you. He said, keep the main thing the main thing. Oh, really? So the main thing is to ignore the word of God because your church was closed for eight months? You think you didn't keep the main? The main thing is the word of God, not your version of love. What she had done was she had sent this pastor some literature about these vaccines. He says, don't let something like that be what separates, like that? Really? How does he feel? I sent her back. Ask him how he feels about vaccine passports. You're fine with vaccines. You know, vaccines have been around a while. I don't ever, never liked them. I'm not a fan at all. I'm just saying they've been around for a while. Vaccine passports has not. Ask him how he feels about that. Is that keeping the main thing the main thing? And I gave her time to repent, Jezebel, verse 21, of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit, commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. Jesus is always open. If we're faithless, he remains faithful, waiting for you to repent. Doesn't mean that he abides in your sin and check marks your sin and says that it's okay. If you're reading out of 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 15, if we disown him, he will, if we, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. See how it says both, you can disown him, but he'll remain faithful to you in that he's waiting for you to repent. He's not faithful in that. You can sin however you want and go straight to heaven. Sorry, Calvinists. I will kill her children <laughs> with death. Nobody preaches this. And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Do they lack love? So we see five failing churches, two successful, Smyrna and Philadelphia. None of them are lacking love so far. But that's all that's preached in the church is love, love, love. Sardis, the dead church, Revelation 3, 1 and 2. I know your works, that, you, that your name is alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Not there again. It's not there again. Lack of love? Nope. Lay out a seat of lukewarm church, Revelation 3, 15 and 16. I know your works, 
that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of thy mouth. It doesn't say anything about love again. Not one word. Not one word. There's only one church out of the seven where love's mentioned, and that's the church at Ephesus. And it's named the Loveless Church. Revelation chapter 2, 2 through 4. And by the way, it says loveless, but it's not specified to humanity. Let's look. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience, verse 3, and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. What does that mean? Doesn't say that they're not loving people. It could be that. It could be a combination between they used to have a more fervent love of people and a, and a more fervent love of God, and they've walked away from it. It could be that, but it doesn't specify it. So it doesn't say that the love of people, the struggling to love people, is the main problem here. It's never mentioned. It could be part of that, but it's not specifically mentioned. It doesn't say in these churches that you used to give to the poor, and now you don't. It says that you used to be sold out to me in obedience, and now you are not. Now, what happened to the church at Ephesus? And I will tell you, this is where I'm careful. I read the book of Ephesus, and I watch myself. This is why I have pastoral authority in my own life with Pastor Rodney Hour Brown. He holds me accountable. Doesn't let me go too far off the cliff. You got to love them now. Have compassion. They don't know. I don't want to have compassion. Have compassion. Yes, sir. You have to be careful. I'll give you the example. See, you can be anti-abortion, right? You have to be. If you're not saved if you're not anti-abortion. You're not saved if you're a member of the Democratic Party. I don't care what you think. Understand that. How can you be saved and believe that gay is okay and, and support gay marriage when God calls it an abomination and a hell-bound sin? And you're a part of that platform? They don't know what sex they are. They want to pull babies out limb by bloody limb and kill them after they're born. And that's part of their platform. You're not saved. You see, that's where it falls into. And this is a great example. What they'll say is, yeah, but we feed the poor and we're, we have compassion on the needy. Yeah, but you slaughter them before they're ever born. You see how evil works? Do you see how placating preaching works? Don't worry about all the immorality like slaughtering the unborn. Just make sure that you give to the black community or give to the poor white community. It covers their sin. It's just like the pastor who preaches love, love, love and never ever talks to people about their hell-bound sin. You don't talk about it. How do you not lose your first love? We see you come out and you say, you know what? I am for, I am for the life of the unborn. I am against the slaughter of the unborn. But then you dance before the Lord too. You can't get hard-hearted. You can't sit all day long and hate people that, 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 give, uh, that do abortions or have abortions. Amen. You have to walk the balance that's found right here. 
You have to. This is the balance. You have to be fervently anti-immorality, but then dance before the Lord. It's not your calling to bring perpetual correction. You don't have to live in that 24-7 and be angry 24-7. Have a moment of divine righteous anger and then go dance before the Lord. This is what David did, the man after God's own heart. You don't just say, you know what, I'm a staunch conservative and that's what I am and I'm never. No, you have to be a child before God. I am what I am and I scream at people at the podcast. I'm screaming at you right now. But when I'm down here worshiping, I worship God. I jump before the Lord. I call it dancing. It's not really dancing. It's jumping. That's what I do. I jump. It's the only moves that I have. Jump forward, jump back, jump to the side, jump to the other side. That's all I got. It's all that's in my repertoire is that right there. So I do those things, but God tells me, you will now humble yourself because I am the mighty God of Israel. You may think that you're right all the time, and I do. I do think it. I'm, I know that I'm right when I'm reading Bible verses. See, you can be anti-heresy but still worship Jesus. See, a lot of people, they walk about from church to church, and they say, you know what, I want to correct the pastor. Good luck with that here. If I don't know you for a long time, you're not correcting me at all. I'll just tell you, you need to find a different church. I'm not, you're not going to correct me at the front door of this church. But you can be. You can be anti the things that you need to be anti and for the things you are for. But you cannot allow yourself to be hard-hearted. You can lose your first love. If all you're thinking about is politics and you never study the word, listen, I, am, I walk that line. Pastors are afraid to preach politics. I'm not afraid at all. But I'm still going to study the word. I'm still going to worship God. I'm still going to speak in tongues. That's how you maintenance your first love. Still trying to win people to the Lord. You can be correcting as long as you're still correctable. That's how you don't lose your first love. You can be involved in fighting evil, but still be praying and seeking God first. You can't just be out there fighting evil or you become the church at Ephesus. You have to be weary of that. That's why, again, I told you, I have installed pastoral authority in my own life. Pastor Rodney never loses his first love. It's all about the presence of God. Doesn't mean, listen, it doesn't mean if you go watch every sermon he's ever preached, does Tom agree with everything he says? No. I don't agree with everything I said 10 years ago. But he's somebody that brings accountability in my own life and doesn't let me go too far off the edge or I'll get a phone call. He'll correct you midstream right in front of everybody. You can be involved in fighting evil, but you cannot let it harden your heart. But it doesn't mean you don't fight evil either. See, a lot of people, I want to, I want to keep my heart sensitive, so I'm never going to say what Tom says about the Democratic Party. You're a coward. You're hiding. You're hiding behind what you're supposed to do because as a Christian, you are to expose darkness with light. You are not supposed to avoid the dark room. See the line? Now, you also can't be perpetually looking for dark rooms. See, God, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. 
So you let the spirit lead you. You're not perpetually called to go up to everybody and tell them where they're wrong. You're like, Tom, don't you do that? No, I don't do that ever. The only time I'll tell you if you're wrong is if you ask me. Then it's your fault. It's your fault. It's not my fault. You came up and asked. Or you're sitting here right now and things are convicting you in generalities. Saying what needs to be said is something that needs to be done, but you, can, you still have to love people. You still have to enjoy people. Got quiet on that one. I don't know why. Most people will reject the truth. Enjoy the ones who don't. Most people will. They'll reject you. They'll reject the gospel of Jesus. Most people are wearing masks. Right? It's very symbolic of it all. We have, we have perpetual, nonstop lawlessness in our country right now, and they're all wearing masks. How convenient is that? Most people cave. Most people go along to get along. The main problem in the church is not a lack of love toward people. Not in the American church. I can't speak to other churches, but not in the American church. In many instances, it's too much love. And when, if it's too much love, then it's false love. What is the devil? The devil is a counterfeiter. He's tried to be God from day one. He wants to be God, so he perpetually tries to counterfeit God. And that's where Jude 3 and 4 comes in. Those who have sleep, secretly slipped in among you, whose condemnation was written about a long time ago, who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality. See, they come in among you calling themselves prophets and prophetessness, Nisses, whatever it is, prophetess is, male and female prophets. They come in and they say, but what they're really doing is perverting the, the grace of God into a license for immorality. For the grace of God that has appeared to all men teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly life in this present age. Titus 2, 11 and 12. Nobody preaches that. They preach grace. That is grace. That's the definition, definition of grace found in the word of God. Amen. And that's the problem inside the church. Nobody will say what's true. They're like, well, that's why we come here. Amen. You should come here for that. Because again, I don't need you. I just want you. And want is a much more, much more honorable, much more honorable emotion the needing. You single people in here, don't date somebody who's needy. It's disgusting. Don't date a needy person. Don't date someone who needs you. I, couldn't, I can't spend five minutes with a needy person. If you are, listen, what I do, actually, I, I will spend five minutes with you. You're on the clock. You're like, Tom, do you really live that way? Yeah, I do. God makes me love people. So what I do is if someone comes up and they're just Mr. or Mrs. Needy or super weird, you're on the clock. It, like right now, it's 10.05. I'd go, okay, they got till 10.10. I'll look you right in the eye the whole time. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Oh, okay, gotcha. 10.06. Oh, wow. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> 10.08. Two minutes to go. 
(laughs) It's better. It's better than I used to do. I used to just blow them all off. Now I'll give you five minutes. Many instances, the problem inside the church is not a lack of love towards people. Most of the time, it's too much love. Get ready for this now. A high-density high offense alert coming your way. It's the main problem inside the church is the inability to cast people off. How did, what are you, does this make you feel better? I'll put it, on, I'll put it in Bibleese for you. Shake the dust off your feet. Does it make you feel better? Cast people off. What are you talking about? God does it. If God does it, should you? Proverbs chapter 10, verse 3. The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he casts away the desires of the wicked. Cast them away. Cast away. I know they won't teach you that at coast this and abundant that. I know they won't teach you that, but that's what the truth is. He does it, and he commands you to do it. Proverbs 22.10, cast out the scoffer. Whoops. Cast out, yeah, cast them out. I don't have a problem doing it. You're like, Tom, it just fits your personality. True. You You cause trouble here? You're a scoffer at this church? You come in? Like the Jews used to do. And they'd backdoor Paul. He'd teach at the synagogues. And they'd come in afterwards and go, Jesus is fine. Okay, Jesus is fine. But you still got to get circumcised and obey the law. Right? Paul, told, Paul said to do what with those guys? Cut their testicles off. Now, that's the Bible. I didn't say that. Paul said it. Take it up with him. When you see him up in heaven... Take it up with Paul. As a matter of fact, take it up with the Holy Spirit because he's the one who wrote this thing. Cast out the scoffer and contention will leave. Yeah, that's why you've never seen a church split at Foundation Church. That's why the pastors don't just carry a shepherd's rod. They also carry a, they carry a staff and they also carry a knife. You go in and you cast out the scoffer. You mean anybody who disagrees with you, Tom? Not at all. You can come up. You want to disagree with me? Come meet with me face to face. Go to Heather. Say I want to make an appointment. You better come ready now because I'm already ready. (laughs) I've met numerous people at the door. And I used to start with Bible verses and they just stand there with their mouth open. And they still go, well, I just don't agree. Okay, you did not say one Bible verse that supports your theology and you still don't agree. In contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. Cast out the scoffer. God commands that you do it. Matthew chapter 10, 13 through 15. In case you're thinking you're going to escape. Well, that's just the old covenant. They were meaner back then. The old covenant is dating Jesus. The new covenant is being married to Jesus. The, old, the new covenant is tougher than the old. The old was like, you know what? I want to get away from God. They've got him in the temple. He's behind, he's behind the curtain, the holy of holies. They'll send the priests in. If they survive, they'll come back out. If they don't, we got a rope attached to them, and we'll drag them out. That's the truth. God killed people? Uh, yeah. 
Is that, pro- is that a problem for you? It's the Bible. It happened in the New Testament too. Check out Acts chapter 5, 1 and 2. Who two people decided to disrespect the Holy Spirit and they were carried out. That doesn't get preached anymore. Yeah, because nobody preaches the gospel anymore. That's why they all closed. Matthew chapter 10, 13 through 15. If a household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever will not hear you, whosoever will not receive you, nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it would be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. What do you do? And whosoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, enjoy your life. Shake the dust off your feet. I see so many Christians. Oh, I just don't know why they don't listen. Why do you even worry about it? I need to be groveling. And I need to be heavy laden, burdened for the lost. You should care about the lost, but the burden was carried by him. The burdens that we carry are for one another inside the church. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. What happens is if there's a need inside the church, we don't just do the James 2, 15 through 17. We don't tell them, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. Do you know how many bills we've paid in this church? I've paid people's tickets, their spousal support, their mortgages. I don't tell them, go off and be well fed. Now, if you come up to me month after month after month asking for money, then I'm going to come in with cast, out, cast you out. I told you before, there was, a, there was a woman who came. It was our insurance adjuster for Tommy's car. Came in to give us the, you know, the whole insurance spiel about his car. And we witnessed to her, got her here. Her daughter got baptized. She got saved. But she never stopped asking for money. And the moment that we stopped giving her money, that was the end of it. Did I go chase her? Shook the dust off my feet. I wonder what happened. Oh, no. It's so, I, don't think, I don't think like that. It's not my burden to bear. I'm not, I'm not Yahweh. I don't have that ability. Neither do you. That's why Christians walk around in depression. They're carrying burdens they're not designed to carry. Tom, this does not sound very loving to me, but love wrote it. Love wrote it on a sword. And you're going to sit there and go, this doesn't sound very loving to cast out the scoffer. The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he casts away the desires of the wicked. That doesn't sound loving. Then your definition of love is wrong because love wrote those verses on a sword. Doesn't sound loving either, Tom. Sword? Yeah, that's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's way different. I'm telling you, people will be shocked when they meet Yahweh face to face. I thought you were a tie dye wearing bongo player. No. <laughs> Smoking doobies on the beach with all the other margarita Christians. You're going to be shocked. A lot, of, a lot of people are going to be absolutely Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. 
And then will I say unto them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. Margarita, dope smoking, living with your girlfriend, Christian. Good luck. No, that's all workspace. No, it's called the Bible. The Bible says you have to repent of dead, sinful works. Whether you like it or not, that is the Bible. You have to turn from your sin. Joshua 24, 15, for those that think this is not loving. Really? Does it seem evil to you? This hardcore Bible thumping seem evil to you, non-compassionate. Let's look at that. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, see, there's a lot of people. It seems evil to them. He's talking, he's, a lot of evangelical Christians sitting in churches today. They're separated in mass, but they're sitting in churches today. Look how loving we are. Look how loving we are. We have our masked section. You can come to whatever service you want. Here's, here's our options for you today. Well, again, this is all in the name of love. Now, you can come in today to our first service, which is completely masked. And then you can come, or you can come to our mid-service, which is you can come in and everybody's masked. But after we get done singing, you can take your mask off. But if you're not comfortable with that, we have the fully masked section over here. Or you can come to our last service where we are going to be socially distanced because we love one another. We're trying to be good partners and community, good neighbors and community partners. So, you know, we're going to listen to all the edicts of Anthony Fauci. We're going to be separated, but you don't have to wear a mask at all. That's heresy. It's not the Bible. If it's not the Bible, then it's heresy. Well, no, we, we believe the Bible, but what we use wisdom. Heresy. There is no the Bible strained through humanistic wisdom. There's just the Bible. If that doesn't sit well with you, then this verse is for you. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, whatever is bound is bound. Whatever is loosed is loosed. Not those things, but we mix it with human wisdom. If it seems evil to you to stand in the word of God, no plague shall draw near my dwelling, so I will not spend one second scared of COVID-19. I will not mask. I will not lock down. I will not distance. Nothing. If that seems evil to somebody, they need to choose for themselves this day whom they will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, Anthony Fauci and Joe Biden, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hey, Will, you got that video? Cue it up for me, will you? We'll do it right after this verse. Revelation 2.14, don't wander off. Don't wander off. This is, you know, this doesn't seem loving to me. Then ask God to redefine your definition of love. Don't just say it doesn't seem loving to me. If, if, you, if you garner everything and you, and you judge everything by what you feel, then you might as well go home and carve an image to yourself and burn incense to it because you are Lord. What you do is go, how do my feelings line up with the word of God? If they don't line up with the word of God, then my feelings are wrong. That's what you have to do. I wish the Bible didn't say certain things. I would feel way better about myself if the Bible skipped certain aspects of what's in here. But when I see something that confronts me, confounds me, convicts me, troubles me, 
perplexed, perplexed, but not in despair. Then I conform to it. Revelation 2.14. Remember, this is about Balaam, who put a stumbling by. I won't read you the whole verse because I've already read it, but I want you to remember because I'm going to bring this to another part of the New Testament. Who hold to the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel. That's a lot of pastors today. They're stumbling, they're stumbling blocking their own churches by caving to the world. They're causing their own. Do you know how bad church attendance is now? It's been cut by, I don't remember the percentage. I deal with so many numbers in my mind for the podcast, I can't remember the percentage, but church attendance in the United States, it's totally gone in Canada. Ain't nobody attending in Canada because they're all closed. They're closed by force. But in the United States, absolute devastation. Nobody's attending church. That's because the pastors put out the stumbling block. They were teaching their own people not to attend. Oh, you know what? You know, we're, we're trying to keep everybody safe. Safe from what? Okay, are you keeping the kids safe? How, how are you keeping the kids in the church safe when they cannot even carry or catch COVID-19 nor pass it on to anybody else? How are you keeping them safe? So that removes that entire block from zero to 19. Zero to 19, you have, if you catch COVID-19, your post-infection survival rate is 99.997%. Better than the flu. You're seven to 20 times more likely to die of the flu from zero to 17. So the pastors were wrong on that. Stumbling block. What's your survival rate from zero to 50? 90, well, correction, 20 to 50. 99.98, better than the flu again. It only starts to go down. What's the survival rate for those after 50? 99.6%. 99.6%. What, oh, yeah, but everybody dies after 70. No, 95% survival rate, post 70. Did everybody think of this logically? Where's the big run on funeral homes? If 570,000 extra people died this year, last year and this year, where, where's the big run on coffins? Why, where's the back order? Does anybody ever think logically? Where are all the bodies? It's what I was asking of Bill Clinton when he was bombing Bosnia because of all the death camps. Where? Where are all the bodies? Why, why, why is there not a major, why are we not hearing? Right? We, have a, we have a national shortage of meat caused by the lockdown is everybody thinks you can just turn an economy back on you turn it off for one year you're actually now behind two all the animals are dead already they killed them all off because you couldn't send them to the processing plants they killed off the chickens and burned them all and the beef so now you're a year behind now you got to wait for everybody to grow again the chicken everybody wants eats this big The cow everybody wants eats this big or in his mama's belly. 
Nobody thinks about it. But ask yourself logical questions. Where, where are all the funeral home directors, directors going? We are overrun. Wouldn't that be going on? They all came out in the state of New York and said it's a fraud. Nobody's here. Facts. <laughs> Think about it. Wouldn't there, there's a national shortage on plywood. Ask anybody in here who's in construction what it costs for a sheet of plywood. It's Bill in here? $68. I knew he'd know. Brian Pardee, you know, there's Brian, he'd know too. 68 bucks? What did it used to cost? $19. 11 bucks. In November, $11. Contractors won't even, won't even have you sign anymore. They won't even sign a contract with you. Because they can't guarantee what the, what the price is going to be. So there's shortages on all that caused by the response to COVID. They weren't producing plywood to save lives. 270 million people are right at this minute starving to death. Most of them children. And you got all the super soccer mom, super quarantiners who went to, you know, they used to come to this church and then they quarantined. Quarantine day one, we had prayer this morning. Quarantine day two, we made gingerbread cookies. Quarantine day three, we went out and collected leaves and we glued them to a poster board. Quarantine day 17. You're killing kids. Congratulations, super lover. All over me about tone. I want everybody to live. They're all starving to death because there's no chickens. There's no beef to send them because your response, super quarantine Christian soccer mom, was cut off their food supply in the name of saving lives. 270 million, it'll grow to five or 600 million, and three million have died of COVID, according to the World Health Organization. Three million versus 500 million? Now that, now that is the devil's economy. And all the church bought right in. Strap those masks back on. But not this pastor. You got it ready for me? Play it. This is part two. Arthur Pulaski is his name. No, you can contact. No, 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 no. You can contact my lawyer. Okay, my lawyer takes care of this. I'm not interested to listen to any word you have to say. I do not cooperate with Gestapo. I do not talk to the Nazis. You came in your uniforms like thugs. That's what you are. 
brown shirts of Adolf Hitler. You are Nazi Gestapo, communist, fascist. I do not cooperate with Nazis. Talk to my lawyer. You're not allowed here. You're not welcomed here. And I'm not going to cooperate with Gestapo like you, okay? So is that fair enough for you? Talk to my lawyer. I just wanted to explain a little bit about the order. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in talking. You see, you see, this is what the Gestapo is doing. You're coming to you coming to the place of worship to intimidate and to harass. So you can make an appointment. Lady, listen to me. You can make an appointment. Another day. You Gestapo. Another day. Not this day. Not this day. Not during the church. You understand? Make an appointment. Okay. So go. See you later on. Have a good day. You are sick. That's what you are. And rightfully so, you change your uniforms to black because you're exactly acting like the Gestapo of old. There you go. Mm -hmm. And listen, as a cop for 25 years, 1992 to 2017, I'm ashamed of those guys. First of all, there's like seven of them there for Arthur Pulaski, the pastor of this church. Seven cops to serve what? To serve his notice that he has to close his church, he needs seven cops there for that. And he's right. Look at that. Look at what's happened to the police. They're all, I mean, it's not, it's, not, it's not coincidence that they're all in black and masked. It's, it is an absolute shame. And I'm disgusted by police that cave to this. You know what you have to do? You have to lose your job. If they tell you, you know what, it is your job, or you arrest people for not wearing a mask, you walk away. And we in America, we worship our job security. Everything is about job security. I said it for years when I worked at the sheriff's office. The minute they tell me that I've got to go confiscate people's guns, I'm out. The moment that they tell me that I have to go arrest parents for spanking their kids, I'm out. I'm not doing it. You have to take stands like that. You have to. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. So you take the stand. You don't weigh out and go, what will be the consequences if I stand in righteousness? You stand and let God take care of the consequences. If you don't cut people off in your life when you're supposed to, how does it affect them? Remember now, you're supposed to, the Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he casts away the desires of the wicked. We're to cast off scoffers and users. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. So you're, Matthew 7, 6, Jesus said that. So when are you supposed, if you don't cut people off in your life, what's the consequences for them? You're enabling them. You're not helping them. The parent who has their 38-year-old living at their house who doesn't have a job, they just can't let go. You're killing that person. You're not helping them. I'm helping them. I'm giving them food. No, no, no. They're 38. You're 73 years old. 
and you are still caring for him, why don't, why don't you just go ahead and make the full transi- transition, put him into pens, and change his diapers every day too? He'd probably love it. You can sprinkle a little baby powder on his rear end every day. Honey, you ready? Let's flip up your feet. Man, you've gotten hairy. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're just absolutely destroying the person's life by enabling them. Cut them off. How does it affect you if you don't do it? How does it affect you? You waste your life. When you sit there and you give and you give and you give to people who never want their problems solved. Tom, don't you do that? No. You get, you get, if you're lucky, if you don't change, you're lucky if you get one counseling session out of me. Because the next one will be ugly. I remember counseling a man right there in the back of the church. And he would always use crying as a cover. He'd just start bawling. I mean, like wailing. So I just screamed at him. I said, knock your crying off. He's like 60-something years old. Knock your crying off. I said, that's camouflage. That's camouflage. That's a way for you to not deal with your problems. His wife had left him because he deserved to be left. Oh, stop. Stop. I don't need your drama. If I were to sit there and put my arm around him, oh, come on. No. Does that help him? It enables him and it wastes my life. I'm not wasting my time trying to win people who don't want to be one. You're wasting your life. Who never wanted to be one. You know that? There's a lot of people who are using you. They don't have any intention of ever being one. Ever. They don't have any intention of it. They're just using you to get out of you what they can. Cut them off, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, 2 Timothy 3, 7. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, that's because they don't want to. Cut them off. The main problem in the church has been exposed. What is it? In these closing 10 or 11 minutes, what is that main problem? Started with it last week, Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man. What is it? I'm scared of people? No, listen, what, what's the range of fear? When you see fear of the Lord in the Bible, remember, it goes from reverence to terrible. Reverence meaning I reverence God. Terrible means I'm scared to death of God. And it's meant to, it's meant to cover that entire gamut in every verse. The fear of the Lord, the reverencing of God, and the horrible fear of being judged by God and cast into the lake of fire is all part of that word. Pastor Skinny Jeans will only concentrate on the reverent part. Pastor of grace this and abundant that. He's loving people through Zoom services. He'll only talk about the reverent portion, but it's both. So when you deal with people, it's reverencing them more than anything. Because most people, if a person walked in the room, you don't cower in fear. I'm scared of you. Most of us, though, struggle with reverencing people. 
Listening to people we have no business listening to. The fear of man bringeth the snare, Proverbs 29, 25. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Listen to 1 John 2, 17. The world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. So why would you listen to the world then? That's what I'm closing with. Seven minutes or so. Why would we listen to the world if they don't even know who we are? Think Fauci has a connection with evangelical Christians? So why do all the evangelical Christians do what he says? And it's funny now because evangelicals now that are waking up, that are, you know, well, they're sort of waking up. They've opened up their churches after 10 months. Remember, we're at about 15 months of 15 days to flatten the curve right now. Well, we don't, we don't follow Fauci. We, yeah, you do. You, you may say, to, say out loud that you don't follow him, but you still follow his edicts. If you reverence it at all. See, a lot, a lot of people right now, and I get all over conservative punditry about this. They'll be out there talking to me. There's a lot of conservatives jumping, all the congressmen and women during the State of the Union address, if you want to call that snooze fest. It, that was more about putting in juice hour at the elder home than it was a State of the Union address. But people are jumping them going, well, you know, why is everybody in there wearing masks? I heard Ben Shapiro talking about this. Why is everybody in there wearing masks when everybody's vaccinated? Okay, that's great that you said that. And we can, we can have those semantical arguments about, about those things. But why are you even, so if they weren't vaccinated, you would be in favor of them wearing masks and social distancing, you've already given it up. That's where all the conservatives are too. If you think the Republican Party serves you, you've lost your mind. They, listen, they, they've already given, if you give an inch, a little leaven, leaven's the whole lump. That's where you give an inch, they'll take a mile. It all comes from the Bible. It's all the wisdom of God. Wisdom belongs to God. So you, you can't give anything. You can't be like, well, you know what? They're all vaccinated and they're all inside. They're all social distance. Why? That's not even the argument. The argument is they never needed to be vaccinated. They never needed to wear a mask and they never needed a social distance. Who will say it? There's too much consequence to that. But that's how the world is. It makes absolutely no sense. So why would we listen to the world? Why would we listen to the majority? Why would we listen to the majority? Why, why do we obey the will of the majority? What does the majority believe? I wrote a list of five things here. The majority believe that it's okay to slaughter the unborn. You're like, no, that's not the majority. It's, it's law. So it's the majority. They don't know what sex they are. They're having a discussion about what sex they are. Cis, what was the cisgendered male lesbian we saw on our video we put out on cisgendered male lesbian? Well, okay, you're a guy who likes girls, numb nuts. What are you doing? But that's who we're dealing with. That's who's telling you to wear a mask and Christians wear it. Why would you listen to the majority? Why would you listen to the world? They're blindly obedient to lies. 
They don't even ask. And what, what, what did the church do? Same thing. I thought you weren't supposed to conform to the pattern of the world. You don't just come out and somebody tells you to do something. Oh, okay. These are the same people that worship athletes and celebrities. They worship people that bounce balls around a field. Why would you worship somebody who can throw a ball? Or acts like other people. They're nothing themselves, so they have to act like somebody else. And they're worshiped. I saw on Twitter the other day, this person died, this famous actress. I'm like, who cares? All she did her entire life was act like another human being. Who is she herself? And these are the people mandating to you how to live your life? You should be laughing at them. They think the earth is warming or cooling. So they switched it to climate change. Al Gore predicted that in 2007, New York would be underwater. Then he switched it to 2014. And now it's 2021, and people still invite him to come speak at conferences? Do you see how stupid the world is? Because the world is under the principality of the power of the air. You don't listen to them. Ever. If you do anything, laugh at them. Let the Lord set a table before you in the presence of your enemies and laugh at them. Things do not end well for the majority, so why would we listen to them? When you walk into Home Depot and you are intimidated into wearing a mask because everybody else is, then you're intimidated. You have the fear of man. The reason why all the churches closed because they had the fear of men, not the fear of God. The fear of God would be I'm reverencing the word and I'm standing in the word no matter what happens. If that means the Gestapo comes in, then the Gestapo comes in. It does, things don't end well for the majority, so why would we listen? Here's where I'm finishing. You know this verse, used it last week. Use it all the time, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. So why would you listen to the few there be? Why would you listen to the many that don't find it? You should be listening to the few that do. The ones that actually stand in the word of God. Arthur Pulaski should have a massive church. Do you know what's going on? He's not the only one. Trinity Church, brand new one now. Trinity Church up in Canada. They surrounded them, closed them down. They won't even let them in to do a Zoom service. They won't even let them in their own building. The cops have surrounded it. And that's not the one that was fenced. This is another one. Not even allowed in. And that pastor tells a woman that attends this church, keep the main thing the main thing. Really, pastor, when in your life? He's, the pastor, I looked him up. He looked about my age. I want to ask him, you know, maybe 40s or 50s. I wanted to ask him, let me ask you, Pastor, when was the last time you ever heard the word common pass, green pass, vaccine passport, 
You, you don't see any connection to Revelation chapter 13, 16 through 18, the mark of the beast. You don't see it? You still think that people that talk about these things in that light are conspiracy theorists and people that are not keeping the main thing the main thing? Because his main thing is love. Just love through it all. No, listen, if you're going to love, then you have to tell people the truth because love, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, love rejoices in what? The truth. The truth. Why would we listen to majority when it doesn't end well? Worship team, make your way. I'll close right here. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way and few there be that find it. What's going to happen to most people? This, this ought to inspire you. If this makes you hang your head, then the Bible's making you hang your head. What's going to happen to most people? It's found in Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The people that are heading that direction are the ones that are dictating the response to COVID-19. And it's not going to end there. What are they going to shift to next? It goes to climate change next. They've already said it. They were exposed by Project Veritas. They'll go to climate change next. Well, you know, it's, there's clouds out there. We we stuck a meter in the air and there seems to be a lot of chemicals in the air. So until those chemicals lighten up, we need everybody to close again and stay indoors. That's what will come next. And that pastor who tells you to keep the main thing the main thing, what's he going to do? He's going to close again. That's what they do. The majority is almost always wrong. God mocks the wisdom of the wise. He brings to low the wisdom of the wise. Don't listen in any way, shape, or form. Amen? Stand with me. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.